Welcome back to .NET Rocks. This is Carl Franklin. And this is Richard Campbell. And uh, man, life is interesting here in the United <laughs> States. I don't know about your country, Richard, but... Uh, oh, we're, we're you know, every so often when we talk about our Canadian scandals, and without a doubt, the, the federal government is currently invoked in them, it just seems so small. Well, this is coming out October 1st, and we're mm -hmm. recording it on September 11th. And at the moment, our western seacoast is burning down. Yeah. Well, it's we, burning smoke, down. we haven't got a lot of fires here in BC, but we're getting the smoke from the Washington fires. Yeah, I'm sure it's, you are. It's not trivial. And hopefully by the time this is out, it's under control. Hopefully. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oregon, for the first time, uh, has burned – well, as of today, it's burned twice as much as it did last year. And probably by the time it's over, it will have burned four times as much as it did last year. And there are there are towns being lost. Like, this is not just no, the yeah. wilderness. This is ripped right through a town called Eagle Creek and pretty much burned the whole place to the ground. It's it's really devastating. And, and Richard and I, our hearts go out to you if you're affected by that. We have plenty of friends in that area and in California. And it just – it's breaking our hearts. So, uh, stay safe, stay safe, hunker down. And it's only stuff. Protect yourselves, protect your loved ones. Yeah. Let the stuff go. If you got to save your life. I ha I heard that people are having to jump into ponds to survive, mm -hmm. you know, in yeah. lakes. Yeah. There, yeah, there wouldn't be a fires. bamboo straw big enough to support. <laughs> <laughs> it's like in the old cartoons, right? You know? Yeah. <laughs> a bird it's, comes uh, and lands on the end of the hose and, you know, the person. <laughs> anyway, uh, so so that's just a, an update on what we're going through. But uh, what's new with you, Richard? I, you know, shut down the coast place. Was up there for a whole month paddling around in the kayaks and things. I'm about as tanned as I get. Uh, the old dog is, uh, is fading fast. He's yeah. had uh, more seizures. But he's happy. Oh. He's just a little confused most of the time. Can't see too much. You know, he's always kind of a standoffish dog, right? Kind of a serious. But yeah. He's gotten all cuddly in his old age, so I can, I can snuggle with him for a while, and because he, he just he wants to stay close. He's he's having a tough time. So I don't know how much longer I get. I'm sure I'll be a basket case when he finally goes. One thing I want to know is: is he giving the bears a pass? Well, he can't see them anymore. Oh. But he he smells them every so often and he grumbles about it. But yeah, uh, yeah, no, he's he the last treeing I think was in 2018. <laughs> One of them actually came in the backyard and yeah. he chased him up a tree as as per usual. I've witnessed but, that. Uh, yeah, in your house. Yeah, and I, and I kind of you know I never thought this would be a dog that would fade away. I kind of wanted to end Zach's story with last seen clamped down on a black bear headed into the bush. Right, right. Um, but no, it's not what's going to happen now. Is yeah. that he's uh, he's just fading. Yeah. But it's been a good summer for him, and he's feeling well. But it's it's getting progressively harder. Well, hopefully my better know framework will raise everybody's spirits from this dismal introduction. <laughs> so let's, let's roll the crazy music. All right, man, what do you got? So this actually came out of a real world scenario. Have a customer. As they often do. Yeah, I have a customer and we're starting a project with them and uh, we're using their Azure uh, account to set mm -hmm. everything up. You know, it's sort of standard thing. 
and they already have domains, but they want to map a, a, a subdomain into this Azure web application that we're building, right? So the problem is, is that their domain certificate, which, and I don't want to name names, but it was issued by a company that rhymes with slow patty. <laughs> <laughs> they have a PFX file, right? Oh, yeah. And that's not their fault. PFX files are common for certs. That's true. I mean, I'm, yeah. I just like to, I just like to say slow patty. Yeah, I know. I know. We've used that <laughs> gag for the better part of a decade, man. <laughs> right. So PFI, uh, PFX files are what they are. And the problem is if you want to apply one to Azure, they have to have a password. Right. Of course. And they created their initial slow patty, you know, cert, PFX, whatever, without a password. Like the password is blank. And so they had this problem right away. How do we issue a password? How do we change the PFX to be password protected? So it turns out there's a, an open SSL fix for this. An open SSL is an open source uh, SSL tool that you can use to do all sorts of things with certificates, right? So I'm posting a link to this uh, blog post and it's so short. It's a very short blog post because it's like three or four lines in PowerShell and you're done to change the password of a PFX file or issue a new password. And that's all there is to it. I mean, because th there aren't tools apparently, you know, built into Windows to do this. And hmm. so Open SSL has a solution for it. And this, uh, this person here, uh, who wrote the, 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 the blog post has a very simple solution for it. So that's what I'm posting just that's in the cool. off chance that you happen to be, you have that particular problem. Right. Yeah. That's how we roll. You know, I stood up the history of .NET website finally, which is awesome, by the way. Thank you. And uh, I'm using the Let's Encrypt certs, which are the ones that expire every 90 days, hmm. and they're free. Wow! But uh, there's an there's a, a an Azure function, Acme Bot, that will automatically renew the cert for you. Now that should have been my BKAF. Well, you know what? We'll put it into another one, but it, because it's a, but it's interesting. Just like certs are too flipping hard, man. They I'm are good at this stuff, and it's still too hard. Yep. But, and why uh, are we still requiring IIS manager to create a cert for Azure, right? I mean, Azure has yeah. these built-in uh, things where you can buy a cert, and actually it does go through slow patty. Um, mm. Well, you can. There's several different options there, but they're all really expensive. But they're expensive. In the meantime, yeah. they, they could be free. Like, I don't understand. Right. So looking at the automation that, that you can get in web service, in app services right now to yeah. set up with those expensive providers that I couldn't do exactly the same thing with Let's Encrypt. Why isn't there a button that says use Let's Encrypt, please? And off it goes. Yeah. Well, you know, the reality is that these companies have been making buku bucks on certs, which is basically nothing. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not doing anything except validating you are who you say you are and keeping a database. Let's face it. Right. And then, and then not protecting it adequately. Like yeah, it's, that's right. It's all of those things. Right. It's a scam. Uh, well, and once upon a time we had the e certs where they were actually validating stuff and you had to go through, you know, a, uh, uh, a public notary and so on. But most of that stuff's fallen by the wayside too. It's like, right. let's just stop. Let's just 
encrypt everything all of the time and it should just be built into the plumbing exactly let me prove who i am you know azure credentials are good enough don't you think good enough if i can get here and get to the point to ask for this i am sufficiently identified exactly just yeah just do it dang it dang it all right all right well, thanks for that, dude. Because it, it's it's one of those little things where you're like, yeah, that's a useful skill. Yeah. But it does poke into this problem of we are making this stuff unnecessarily hard. And then at the same time, absolutely requiring it. Well, and the legacy issue, right? I mean, these guys yeah. had a cert that they've had for my customers had a cert, had had the cert for, you know, 10 years. Yeah. And you can't do that anymore. No. Now you're going to renew it every year. Well, now if they, if they recreate the cert, they have a whole bunch of... Uh, entities that they have to redo and that's mm-hmm. not going to be good. Yeah. Well, so. the, you know, browsers aren't allowing certs to last more than a year now. So hmm. you, you're going to have to get good at this. This is not going away. You can't ignore it for this a decade It smells anymore. like it needs its own show. Let's find an expert. Actually, you're I've probably- I've been looking for that guy. You know what? All the security people are like, nope, not touching that one. You're so, probably as good an expert as anyone that- uh, I've done a few on run as and things, so we'll, we'll figure it out. If, right. if this is a topic, comment on this show about yeah. the, this better know. And if you really want me to dig further into certs for all these things, I will. There you go. A geek out okay. on certs. Oh, God save me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, that's what I got today, Richard. Who's talking to us? Grabbed a comment off of show 1697, which is the one we did with one Sebastian Lambla. Oh, yeah. If you recall. That was a good talking show. Talking about open source, because I know we're talking open source today. And that was, well, it also was a reference around the foundation, because the election was coming up, which is now gone by. And yep. congratulations to all those elected. Mm-hmm. Um and it was typical Sebastian. You know, we got a lot of comments on that show, folks saying like, why is this guy so angry? You know, I yeah. totally get this. And then this particular comment I thought was interesting because it, it does sort of poke on the whole variance in our own community. This is a comment from Luke who said, this was a really interesting episode for me. From my perspective as someone responsible for developing line of business applications, the idea that Microsoft going back to being more vertically integrated sounds great. Yeah. My job is to solve business problems, not use cool new technology. If those mm. two things happen to sometimes intersect, great. But having a set of blessed tools that are guaranteed to work together is extremely appealing. Right. And having to rely on, in quotes, some random package from, in quotes, some random dev. Is quite scary. Yeah. And I totally get Luke's position, 100%. Like, the job wasn't to be selecting through all these tools all the time. And what Seb was pushing on was that there is a broader community out there and that there is some concern that Microsoft is still the elephant and sometimes steps on folks that are doing good things, um, whether we understand that or not. You know, the corollary is in the comments here, too, which is someone else saying, yeah, Microsoft has to leave more room for the community to build these things that are super great. More people need to use them. Uh, so there, there is, again, that diversity in our community Yeah, that uh, looks at it both ways. And there's a lot of respect to be had for someone who just wants to focus on getting the job done, nothing else. And it, it, that speaks to me more of how do we support the broader community of projects. Yeah. Uh, you know, he wants them to be blessed. That's fair. It doesn't mean it has to be made by Microsoft to be blessed. Right. So thanks, Luke. And a copy of Music Code Buy is on its way to you. And if you'd like a copy of Music Code Buy, write a comment on the website at dotnetrocks.com or on the Facebooks. We publish every show there. And if you comment there and I read on the show, we'll send you a copy of Music Code Buy. And definitely follow us on Twitter. I'm at Carl Franklin. He's at Rich Campbell. Send us a tweet. Don't worry. It's already TLS. Uh, <laughs> encrypted. <laughs>
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, who cares? Because we're going to read it on the show anyway. So, if you're... Yeah, so much for your encryption. So right much there. for that. Who cares? Right. <laughs> All right. Well, it's my extreme pleasure to introduce to the show for the first time, Jamie Reese. So, he is a family man with two children, three-year-old and a 10-week-old. He's also a tech lead at a private aviation software company in the UK and... An open source and .NET enthusiast running his own .NET open source project called Ombi. And I got to tell you, Jamie, the website is awesome. I love the fonts. I love the, the <laughs> cultural references. Like, that is really, really cool. I have no idea what it is, but I love it. And I want to download it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's a great start, right? Yeah. yeah. You haven't got a clue what it is. It could be anything, but you still want to use it. So, you know, I've done my job there. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> no, uh, thank you, guys. It's um, great to be here. Long time listener of the podcast. And yeah, great to talk to you guys. Great to talk to you. So, let's start with what is it? What is Zombie? So, what Ombi, it is... O-M-B-I, not Zombie, by the way. So, what it is, it is... Um, it's a manager for a media server you might run. So you may have heard of media servers like Plex. That's yeah. a very mm -hmm. popular one. And, I use um, it. Yep. And um, MB uh, is another one, which is an open source version. Mm -hmm. So what it does is allows allows your users to request content in a legal way um, to be kind of hosted on there. So if, you got, if, you, if your media server is used by multiple of your family members, for example, Mm-hmm. Instead of them texting you every, you know, every day, every every few days, oh, can you please, can you please buy this movie and put it on your media server, mm -hmm. um, so we can watch as a family? Instead, they can go directly onto uh, Ombi, which is self-hosted, and request it, and you'd get a notification. Um, and then Ombi would scan Plex or MB, and then once that media is available, it would send a notification to the requester. And mm. um, so it kind of automates and manages that process for you. You are describing easier. my life yeah. as, a, as, as the Plex manager, quote unquote, that requests not just by family members, but other friends that use that. It's like, can you find XYZ? Like, okay, I'll look. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. And sometimes it's so, like, yeah. just go to your Netflix account for crying out loud. That's where it is. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's been, um, it's been uh, quite... I'd say successful in kind of the open source space. It's slightly different. You know, usually you'd think .NET open source, you think of libraries, you know, Automapper, um, Newtonsoft JSON, all those mm -hmm. sort of things. But this is mm -hmm. a project which is open source rather than a, a library, a framework, or a tool. Yeah. So it's, sli it's slightly different. Your audience is quite a bit bigger than the .NET Rocks listener base. Uh, I don't know how big the .NET, .NET Rocks listener base is. Um, well, let's say let's say that you're you know consumers, right? Consumers that yeah. are geeks that have media servers at home or abroad um, have you know that that this is for them. Now, this doesn't replace your media server. I want to be clear about that. Does it or does it? It it definitely does not. No, so it doesn't play any media. Um, it you don't even really need a media server attached to, to use Zombie, mm -hmm. um, but. You know, attaching a media server it allows then Ombi to scan. is It's a is a tool around the media server to manage 
requests um, yeah. for content. So when you, you mentioned Netflix before, does it actually connect to your Netflix account and go see what you paid for and what you haven't and what Netflix has and do does searches with APIs, that kind of thing? That is a, that is a great idea. Um, and it would do that if someone could give me an API to work with. Oh, okay. But un- unfortunately, Netflix's APIs are all closed. Um, but there are others. There are some... Yeah, there, there are some kind of third-party providers which, you know, have access to that sort of data. Um, but, you know, you need... To, I've requested access from them. I never hear anything back. And some of them you need to pay, like, some like, 3000 bucks a month. Oh. Well, um, Netflix uh, aside, maybe Amazon Prime or some... Or Hulu. Are there other APIs that you can snuggle up to? Yes. Uh, yeah, there are, there are a few... Um, putting netflix to the side yeah there are, there are a few kind of api providers which kind of wrap up a lot of other different kind of video services yeah. um for you and yeah integrating with that has been pretty easy wow okay and so the the point here is that you give a you set up ombi on your machine or on a yeah, server or where do so you put you, it? you'd set it up on a server and then you'd kind of um Give external access, so you'd you'd port forward or set up some sort of reverse proxy, mm-hmm. um, so you know people can access it outside of your network. And there's lots of guides on the wiki and stuff on how to do these sort of things um, that yeah. I have on GitHub. But yeah, and, and then your users would log in um, using their Plex account or a local authenticated account, mm. and then just you know go wild. And so the main thing is that then your friends and family that use your Plex server can ask for shows. Yes. Yes. Pretty much. Um, they can ask for shows, movies, music. And then once those are available on the media server, Ombi will then, you know, send them a notification via email, um, you know, WhatsApp, loads of different notification providers built in. Sure. Right. All right. And then, yeah, so it's, it's ultimately, I mean, I'm thinking about purely my own pain here. <laughs> this is what this is what it's made for right you know yes it, originally it started off as a as a kind of a learning experience um at the time dot net core wasn't really kind of readily available i think mm-hmm. net core one came out in 2016 i could be wrong there um and i kind of started the project in 2015 so i wanted to learn something different other than the net framework mvc kind of setup um, right. So I actually, actually started looking into something called Nancy FX, which you may or may yeah, not yeah. have heard of. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's an op- yeah, it was popular open source um, kind of framework. Which unfortunately, um, it's no longer being maintained. Um, but yeah, so I was kind of just experimenting, learning with that. And eventually, kind of the user base started to just kind of expand. Um, more and more people started using it. So I thought, okay, it's good. Great learning project. But, you know, I'm also getting kind of this this new experience out of this, yeah. you know, engaging with users and taking feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then Netcore come out, switched over to that. I had a few issues with kind of mono and such. I won't go too much into that. It's a great framework, um, but I had a few issues with that. So switching over to Netcore was a bit of a godsend for me for users running on Linux platforms, for example. Interesting. Yeah. I'm also thinking like, who has a GitHub account? that could send you comments. Like there's still some technical sophistication here. So your, your mm-hmm. user, the person coming to your site is going to be someone who set up Plex 
So they know some things, no two ways yes, about right. it. And you're immediately, you're talking about network forwarding and stuff like that. Like, I don't know if that's outside of regular mortals knowledge or not, but it, they're not all going to be programmers. So many of these folks are not going to have GitHub accounts or are they? Will they get their way to GitHub to write you an issue? Basically well, saying, su surprisingly, um, a lot of these users, which are running Plex, are running mm -hmm. other open source applications alongside them, which are also hosted on GitHub. So right. a surprising number of them do actually have GitHub accounts. Now, and so now we know, get into this interesting debate around these are people who have never contributed to an open source project, but consume open source projects. Yeah, that's correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I see a lot of the, the kind of the first timer tag on issues when, when people do raise them. Hmm. So there are a lot of new users that I see. But the, but it's also an interesting thing because anybody who's contributed to an open source project or has managed their own open source project is going to interact with you differently than someone who's never done this before. Like you would hope they'd be kind, but I just get this sense that have, you must have gotten some horrible issues. Yeah, yeah. The let's say the consumer base is very different from your use your usual open source library. Mm -hmm. um, these are users consuming a product rather than technical users consuming, you know, some APIs. Right. So, but it's also for entertainment, right? It's not, this is also, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I've seen these requests on a library that someone spent, you know, a month in a sprint implementing and have hit a wall now. And it's like, this is my job, man. Like I'm my career's on the line. This has got to work mm -hmm. as opposed to, Dude, I can't find bad boys. It's just not that urgent. A lot, lot of that, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you, you know, I, I completely get where they're coming from. They're not, some of these people are, are not very technical, um, and I just need to approach them in a, a completely different way than I'd usually do. Well, I mean, certainly talking to guys like Jimmy Bogart and, and Rocky Locke over the years that run open source projects, like the, you need this patience of Solomon, just always being kind. Uh, I don't know that anything else works. Yeah. And that, that is certainly difficult sometimes. I think, I think one, one of the key things is always having an open mind mm -hmm. um, because it's not just, you know, issues that come up, you know, I can't find bad boys too. It's also you know, the, the community will also, if, if they're engrossed in the product and they like the product, they're going to suggest new things. Right. When I, when I started, when I started Ombi, you know, the functionality was pretty limited and I, I would like to say at least 80% of what is in there come, were ideas which come from outside. Right. I'm, I'm not really a direct consumer of this. You know, there are, there are users which have a, a lot bigger user base than myself is really only myself and my wife that kind of use this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like internally. And she knows, right. she knows where you are. She's not going to go into a, <laughs> to a web page. You know, spouses no. are the best beta testers and <laughs> <Not a question. laughs> you know, right. Yeah. Am depends I right, on Jamie? The you want, right. Well, it depends on the feedback you want. I suppose. <laughs> My 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 main feedback from she who must be obeyed was she's not using something, so right. clearly it doesn't work as far as she's concerned. She right. use it if it worked. She doesn't consider it working. or or it's not compelling enough for her to use it. Yeah, it's not good enough. Yeah, but 
And you know when something is good enough because then they do ask. It's like, hey, right. I can't make this work and I want it back. So, at some point, it was valuable enough to them that they please bring it back. Right. If they're complaining about it, that means it's good and they want it. They just want it to work right. Right. I'm plucking an issue out of your issue list here, uh, Jamie. Oh, no. Because I'm <laughs> okay. evil that way. And, I, and you know what was I looking for? Something with a bunch of comments that's a little bit old and still not closed. User last login times are incorrect. Okay. So it's from yeah. it's from April of 2019. It's more than a year old and it yeah. sounds it sounds kind of ridiculous like I don't know why you care that the time is off by 3 hours for when someone logged in and out. But it also looks like something unreproducible. Um oh, I I've not looked at that for a while. It, I yeah. think it's it's a classic, you know, server time is is 3 hours ahead um, of UTC. Yeah. And everything's been logged UTC, and I've just not converted that on the front end. Mm. But right. if, it, if it's unpro- unreproducible, then yeah, I'd I have don't to know. Actually, it. it's, then, been, it's been a while. By the end of it, you know, so the, the original discussion was in April with some direct engagement back and forth. You tagged it as a bug. And then in May, someone says, I've got that. And then in June, July, I've got that. <laughs> so, all right. So there's a few other folks out there. But yeah, I, I don't know how I would prioritize this one either. It's just login times. I've not prioritized it. I guess that's why it's been there for over a year, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there are certainly other, bigger fish to fry. How many other contributors have you got? Um, so I think I've got around 70 other contributors over nice. kind of the period of kind of when it started. Wow. But kind of active contributors, they they kind of come for a few weeks and then kind of leave, drop in, drop out, you know, which, which is great. I, I'd much rather that than... No, don't contribute at all. I'm right. always welcoming welcoming new contributors. So it's a great thing. It's a great learning experience for me. I get to work with different people. It can be a great learning experience for them as well. Um, especially if they're kind of more more junior, then you know, a bit of mentoring is is a great process. Yeah, no question. Yeah, and then it's also, but the question is, are they fixing bugs or are they adding features that they want? Is that why they're there? Yeah, it's it's a bit of both. Um, fixing bugs that they want fixed and adding features that they want. <laughs> right. Maybe. It, but for yeah, if, if it fits in with kind of the, the direction of kind of where I'm going with it, then certainly. But I would definitely suggest, you know, if you are thinking of contributing a feature, for example, to an open source library, that you speak to the maintainer first. Just yeah. to make sure it fits in with their vision. Always a good rule, right? Don't write code before you know whether it's going to make any sense at all. Like, it should always have a conversation first. Yes, certainly. Did you ever think that you might not do this as as an open source project, but instead as a commercial product that you wanted to, you know, solicit feedback from beta testers and, you know, have a maybe have a private GitHub account? What what was your motivation to go public? Um, so it, it started as public, just as, as I mentioned, a learning experience. Mm. Um, I can't really remember the reason why I put it on GitHub. Um, As a public repo. Yeah, I've I've never really thought about going kind of closed source. Mm -hmm. Um, I I just feel like there there are a lot of great applications out there which also kind of fit into the same sort of ecosystem. Right. And yeah, I I don't know. I've not really thought about too much. It's not something I'm really interested in. Um, Sure. I, I feel like there'd be a lot more pressure on my shoulders um, if people started paying for this, right? Oh, um, sure, right. You didn't. You didn't want to yeah. be in the software business. No, no, sir, no. It's it's a brutal world out there. It is. Um, 
It's true. <laughs> but um, you, I've experienced some of that. You you do have some other folks that you allow to 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 commit to the project, right? Or, or is anybody else processing pull requests for you, or is are you handling them all? So yeah, so I'm handling them all. There are a few okay. people currently which are committing to the project. Um, mainly some UI work. I'm you know I'll put my hand up here. I am terrible at UI. You know, CSS, <laughs> you know, you can make every joke in the book and I've done it. Yeah. Um, so there are, there's some great UI designers, um, which are contributing currently, but yeah, so sort of my role in the project is developing it. Mm-hmm. Right. Support, um, kind of like project, uh, project governance and maintenance, mm-hmm. I guess. Right. Um, you know the the whole the whole lot really planning upcoming work um, the roadmap DevOps testing as well all the stuff hey guys yeah. hold that thought right there while we take a moment for this very important message have you ever wondered if you could be offering a faster less buggy application experience for your customers with Raygun application performance monitoring you've got all the information you need right at your fingertips to find and fix errors and performance problems across your tech stack down to the line of code. Raygun makes it easy to monitor the impact of your performance improvements, quickly identify and resolve issues, and see how your code performs in the hands of your customers, saving you time, money, and sanity. Visit raygun.com and join thousands of customer-centric software teams who use Raygun every day to deliver flawless experiences for their customers. That's raygun.com to get started on your free 14-day trial. All right, and we're back. It's .NET Rocks. This is Carl Franklin. That's my friend Richard Campbell. And uh, we've got Jamie Reese talking about his open source project, Ombi. And I want to know, Ombi got popular. And, you know, before the break, we were talking about why did you choose to go open source versus, like, be in the software business and do the traditional thing? But um, did your life change after it got really popular? And how do you keep up with all of the, you know, the, the, the issues and, and all of that stuff? What, what changed? So the, the main thing that changed was lack of time, lack of hmm. free time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my, my usual day to day would be, you know, nine till five day job, right? Five till seven, looking after my children, mm-hmm. you know, taking a bit of pressure off the wife. She's at them all day, so I got to do a bit, I guess. Um, and, then, and then from when they go to bed until I go to bed, mm-hmm. I'd classify it as my, my free time. And most of that would be consumed by writing Ombi. So it's, it's, at, at times, it's pretty full on. Um, I do... Uh, I'm, I'm the type of person to go all at it or nothing so i will Mm -hmm. spend a month constant just working on it and then i'll just desert it for a week or two yeah right um i I don't know it's just the way i I sort of work um but it's it's certainly challenging and difficult at times right right i think it's perfectly normal to do that i mean you you go great guns when you have great ideas and you see them and you you deliver them you're like ah that's good I think I'll relax for a while. Right? Yeah, it's exciting. You know, you're getting feedback from the users. They're enjoying what you're putting out there. Yeah. And it's it's just a rush, right? Yep. So, so you had an increasing demand on your time. 
And is that when your contributors really stepped in or did you find that, you know, you, you really still had to play the primary role of, uh, of managing those issues? So I, I still sort of have to play the primary role. Um, what did happen was that over time, um, I sort of got a, a quite a loyal few people um, on the project, which would start doing some early testing of some early builds. And, you know, this, they get a better understanding of the project itself. So they would also do a bit of support, um, which is extremely time consuming in its, in its own right. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there are a few people which assist with testing and support. And that has been a massive help. Right. Because um, that was a big time drain previously. So now I can concentrate sure. on the features and actually developing them. And as when we're recording this, you're at version four. So what's moved you from one version to the next? Like what, what makes you change the major version number? Now, this is quite an interesting story, actually. So version one, the project wasn't called Ombi at the time. Um, I had to change the name for legal reasons. Um, it, it referenced one of those media servers we were, we were discussing earlier. And Right. Um, I, let's just say I had to change it for legal reasons. Yes. Um, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> so version two was version one just a re- rebranding um and it was still running nancy fx on net framework right version three was the upgrade to net core and angular on the front end so it was a complete rewrite um from the ground up of the front end and the back end and now i've version four um is almost finished which is a complete redesign of the front end. So it's still using Angular mm-hmm. for the, the actual tech stack, right? but the actual front end itself has been redesigned. It's a, quite a big change. So you found the designer that gives you the visualizations that makes more people happy, and that's the re- redesign of the front end. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one one of the consumers of Ombi actually approached me saying, you know, I think it would look great like this. And, you know, we spent quite some time, a few weeks going back and forth on some ideas and then we come up with this new design, which I've been working on for the past year. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. What would put you into a version five? Oh, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> oh, so much time. Oh. Well, it, didn't it, you it, say... You know, a big change. And, and you have a 10-month-old or a 10-week-old? 10, 10 weeks old, she is. So, weeks, at the yeah. time this is, um, yeah, she'd be 12 weeks old. Wow, yeah. cool. So... Yeah, you've got your hands full, friend. Like that's a lot. Go, they don't create another baby right now. You've got enough babies in your life, and a new version oh, yeah, would certainly. be easily that big. So, do you feel like you're hit a point of stability? It's it's only it's been a few years working on this. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I've, I certainly do feel like that. Uh, there is certainly parts, you know, as every code base organically evolves. There's certainly some mm-hmm. parts which I'd like to kind of refactor and revisit. Um. And there's certainly areas which need improvement, but yeah, from a stability point of view, I feel like, you know, it's, it's feature complete. Anything on top is additional. Yeah. You're talking about point revisions now to make certain things better or or when the market changes some way, if Netflix was to put out an API, a public facing API, I'd be straight on that. Yeah. Yeah. But that'd still be like a point two or a point three kind of change. Mm. Yeah. It's just an additional on top of the, the core functionality as I like to call it. Yeah. Are they of this ability to 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 sort the stuff out, figure out what the requests are, and figure out how to solve them? Hmm. Um, again, in a legal way, 
Right? Yeah. I mean, that's it's always a, the goes. dance with these tools is, uh, are you, are you part of the good guys or the bad guys on this? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I have had issues, um, raised on gear before saying, how can I illegally download this movie? And I'm like, well, this is not really for that. And I'm not certainly not endorsing that. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't endorse you stealing people's content. I think no, there's a, a stigma in general about people who run media servers and equating that with piracy. Right? Yeah. Don't you think? Because there has been a time and there's a non-trivial amount of that as well. That's true. Yeah. I, f- I think it go- kind of goes back in the day as well when, you know, th- these sort of the internet wasn't as popular regarding kind of media consumption. And there wasn't as many um, services that were cheap. Like, um, so I, I'm, I'm not saying who it is, but someone near and dear to me in my life, you know, spent a lot of time archiving, you know, downloading, uh, things from, uh, you know, movies and stuff from pirate sites, blue, uh, what was the, what was the protocol that we used to use? Richard? BitTorrent? BitTorrent. Yeah. From BitTorrent sites and downloading them and, you know, watching them and storing them on multiple CDRs. You know, they had like a library, like 10 feet high of CDR stacks, right? And and all that just dissipated, you know, once, once uh, these services like Hulu and like Netflix and Amazon Prime yeah. and all these things came out and, and, and these things were so cheap and so easy that uh, it made, you know, it was almost a full-time job for this person to keep up with uh, all of the, you know, all the stuff and maintain all their their library, not to mention the burning of CDs and the categorization. Now you have to have a database of those things. And like, what are you doing? <laughs> but it's also that collector mentality. Yeah, right. right? The sort of po- Pokemon, gotta get them, catch them all kind right. of thing. Right. I got to have a library. Really yeah. Because, I mean, I come from that era, too, where we were, I was burning, ripping my MP3, my, my CDs into MP3s, yep. you know, I bought them, but this, I don't, I don't want to flip CDs. I don't need spinning media anymore. Yeah, who does? You know what? I, I had a diamond Rio, right? Right from the very beginning of this. I try to sell CDs that I've made, you know, personal music, right? And yeah. people and look, people are like, where do I I'm put like, this? I'm like, what am I going to do with that? Like, that's work. <laughs> Do you have a, can you just put them on Spotify, (laughs) which is giving them away, but whatever. I, I made a decision a long time, not a long time ago, but several years ago to just give away my music because I was sick of the, you know, the, the iTunes and all those places nickel and diming me to get me on iTunes and all these places. Now I just have a website and you can just go download it for free. Fuck them. Less frustrating. Not worth the pain. Right. Yeah, and it, the problem is that the Spotify experience is so good that you, through whatever voice control software you're using, the Amazon one or the Google one or so forth, you just say, hey, could you play such and such? And it plays. Although, if it doesn't play, if it doesn't have that song, you're just not going to, you're not going to do anything about it. It'll play something else. Exactly. Yeah, that is a pretty good experience, especially when you got them all dotted around the house and you just play it all over the house just yeah. with your voice. It's pretty amazing. You, do you know the story about uh, Farrell Williams and Pandora, right? So no, he, tell it. So he apparently, according to the news, had 
got royalties from Pandora for 43 million streams of Happy. You know, it's the number one hit, right? Right. Guess how much Pandora paid him for 43 million streams of Happy? How much? $2,700. Wow. And that was the first quarter of 2014. So, granted, that was one quarter of 2014 when it was arguably the the most popular song in the world, right? Yeah. Granted, that was one quarter, but multiply that by four, and I, are you serious? Like, that's... A whole $10,000. All right. Yeah. For a hit. Ten grand for the biggest hit of 2014 in one year. Yeah. Right. It's not sustainable. No. Right? It's like it's not a working model. And, you know, if Pandora's making money on those 43 million streams and only paying the guy $2,700, like, I don't know. Don't get me started. Anyway, this isn't a, this isn't a show about uh, royalties, uh, but I did want right. to address the whole idea that, you know, there is this um, idea that people who run media servers are, are sort of into piracy by default, but it, but they're not. I mean, we just want to watch stuff and we want to pay a fair price for what we watch. That's all. And you want to watch it anyway, right? This is what these media servers for. You can watch on your computer. You can watch on your phone, your tablet. Right. You know, anyway. Right. That was always the promise of Plex, right? If you were willing to set up a server and so forth, is that your, your, you know, rips of DVDs, your rips of CDs and so forth, they were on your server and they were available to you on all your devices. It just it showed up. Anywhere. Right. It only sort of worked, but it, that was the intent. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I notice on the GitHub site for Ombi, you have the suggest a feature and it, and it takes you over to features.ombi.io. What is that? What engine is that? Um, yeah, that, that is a, a, a new kind of uh, website I found recently, actually. Um, mm. It's called featureupvote.com. And it allows you to use your own custom domain. And then there's got a management side of it so I can approve or deny features, kind of update them with a status like planned, in progress, done. Uh, it's a really, really helpful tool. And I get email notifications weekly of things people suggested. So it's quite an easy way to manage it outside of GitHub issues. Because I, I never really use, well, I can never really work with GitHub issues for feature suggestions. Interesting. It kind of just kind of got lost. Kind of, you couldn't really see the wood through the trees. Yeah, yeah, and people plus wanting stuff and so forth. Like it's fairly awful. Like we, I played with different GitHub solutions for the geek out voting too. So it's of course very mm. interesting to me just looking at this and going because it almost looks user voice ish, right? That people can comment and there's separate voting and you can tag it as sort of status. So you, at some point, I guess, decide to make this into an issue once you start committing to the feature suggestions. Yeah, yeah. Um, make it into an issue, then you can reference it in your, your GitHub commits and, and whatnot. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's certainly a great tool. I would definitely recommend it for future geek outs. Um, and it's free for open source. Nice. So, it's, yeah, you could set up open source around this easy enough and do the voting that way. But it it also is great to keep the feature requests separate from the issues and the, and sort of control that set of problems, especially when you're dealing with a lot of non-technical people. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, That's very cool. Yep. And then, and then they do have a revenue model. If you start charging people for stuff, then they'll charge you vice versa, right? 
Yeah, which I think is is very fair. You know, very fair. Yeah, you make money, Support. then they should be too. Right. Yeah. And then you can yeah plug it in. If you had a larger group of developers around this, I'm sure they could use more features. But I, I like this. It's a good little piece to just how do you deal with the feature management independently of the issue management. Other tools you use that make your life easier for managing a project like this? Uh, I've used mobile tools previously. Um, there are many on the GitHub Marketplace, for example, I've tried out. But I think they're more aimed at larger teams. And with me, it's just kind of me as an individual. Right. So not not really. I That feature, that feature website um, and just GitHub, really. Everything else is kind of up in my mind. Yeah. Of what, you know, what I need to do next. Um, you know, I, I use the the projects part of GitHub as well um, to kind of show people kind of what's coming up sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, not not really. I just kind of use the what's built into GitHub. That's cool. Do you? I know you got a Twitch channel. Do you stream developing it? When I get time. Um, so, so the good thing is I get a kind of a closer interaction with some of the users. Right. But the negative is I don't get as much done. You know, they're asking questions or saying, you know, oh, can I see you kind of work on this part of the web? Yeah. This part of the application, this feature? Um, yeah. I, I, I was doing it quite often at one point. I've just not, you know, since the baby, I've certainly yeah. not had time you're to do to, that. You're in a different place. I teach yeah. Jeff Fritz about this all the time. He always puts on this to, you know, sets up his Twitch stream and says, I'm going to work on X. And then I go drop in. It's like, did you do anything on that? No. Nope. Yeah. 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 <laughs> because the yeah. point of being on Twitch is interacting with the folks that are interested. And that inevitably is going to derail whatever your plans right. were. Exactly. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. It's just, it is what it is. Right. And I, I think in those terms all the time, it's like. You know, what's the thing you're trying to achieve and, and where you want to do? If you actually want to write code, you know, turn everything else off and go write code. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's just a different way to get feedback from some of the users, which is, you know, some people like Absolutely. it, some people don't. Yeah. So, what's next for uh, for Ombi? What's in your inbox? So, it's managed to kind of finalize the, the new kind of interface for version 4. And after that, it's just, you know, features that... You know, if someone got a good idea, if it's in, then that will be what's next. Like I said, yeah. you need to kind of keep open-minded about it. Right. Um, but re- recently, the actual application has been growing quite rapidly. And I think it's due to, you know, people being at home. Sure. You know, setting up media servers, watching watching more stuff. Right. Do you think this has legs uh, to be a lot bigger, like uh, to to grow uber popular or do you think it's sort of like leveled out i think it probably has the potential if i invest enough time in into it right um i'm 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 still unsure of kind of where i wanted to go it's still a hobby project Mm -hmm. and i'm not sure how much i want to commit for that becoming almost a a full-time job yeah i would wait yeah like two years yes certainly till the the little Um, ones out of diapers like honestly, <laughs> man. Yeah, there's there's no immediate plans to do that. Uh, you know, there's not even long term plans to do that at the moment. Uh, you know, open source doesn't really pay, as you guys probably are already aware. Well aware, but you you have set up a Patreon. Yeah, yeah. Um, Is that going well? But you know, um, as well as I would expect it to be going. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not sure. going to be paying my mortgage anytime soon. Sure, no. um, certainly. <laughs> right. But you know, well, th- yeah. There's there's a few. 
few people which donate a few bucks a month. But you're balancing quality of life with, you know, the, the amount of time that you're getting sucked into this project. And with 70 uh, contributors, you know, you have people who can fix bugs and add new releases. Do you have any rock star uh, contributors that, you know, sorry, Dylan, um, <laughs> that you want to call out as, uh, as being particularly active and helpful? Yes. Um, so there are a few users which have certainly helped out um, over the past few years and very much recently as well. Um, so I'll just quickly name just three off the top of my head, which is someone called by the goes by the username Golden Pipes, um, and IK and Potato Quality, which is quite an interesting okay. username. <laughs> but they have certainly um, it's quite it's quite fitting, yeah. right? For the, especially the domain. I wonder if Potato um, Quality is listening to .NET Rocks and goes, yes, I'm famous. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the thing is, um, you know, I doubt because of the, the users that all kind of, well, they're not technical people. Yeah. They're probably not going to be listening to this podcast, and unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Always a challenge. But, you know, I'll, I'm definitely going to send the link and see if they can. Well, guys, uh, it's uh, it feels like we're wrapping up here. And, you know, this is just sure. as well because I got a date with Netflix and a glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> You're on one of those reality shows they hired you for. Excellent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, I just want to say thank you, uh, Jamie. It's been it's been great talking to you. And congratulations on the success of Ambi and... Uh, you know hope we can talk again soon yeah thank you guys it's been a, it's been a pleasure speaking to you great to talk to you too all right and we'll see you next time on dot net rocks .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Plop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one, recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got a